Before we begin, we just want to say a big thank you to John from Legends of Tabletop for being our guest GM for these two episodes. You can find them at legendsattabletop.com and wherever you find quality podcasts. The link will be in the show notes. We'd like to thank the following Patreon donors. Modrigan, Paul Parton, David Miller, Andrew Henkes, Duckmoo, Helseth, Sky Ark, Jay Booth, Michael Merwin, Saren Kai, H.B. Lovecraft Live, and Colin Matter. In Stranger Aeons, even death may die, but our love for you is eternal. The uh, best way to make a name for herself as a, a young woman uh, with few means, but big ideas, big uh, and, and big heart, is to uh, go out and and see the world and make a name for herself uh, and you know, force people to pay attention to her. And then he's going to take off running. He's heading towards danger because that's what he gets paid money for. I'm not a fool. I'm staying here and getting drunk. I think that's a great, uh, that's a great philosophy in life. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically been how I've been infandible the entire time. He knows that if he can find something uh, that is, that is, that is new, that has been completely undiscovered, in these, you know, these faraway savage lands, um, he 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 can bring that back, and he can uh, turn that into money. You've heard whale songs before. This sounds different. Hey everybody, this is Billy from the Fanable Podcast Network. We're here with a very special guest. Yes, you should be excited. We have a guest GM playing something that I'm sure is going to scare the pants out of us, or at least the sanity out of our minds. John from Legends of Tabletop. that's you. John, that's you. Take it away, John. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome uh, to, well, this is your show, so I guess welcome to me for being on your show. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be playing Core Thulu tonight. Uh, Core Thulu is based on the Core Micro System written by a good friend of mine, Ted Foley. Uh, Core Thulu is my homage to Call of Cthulhu and all of the games that we love to, you know, scare the pants off of us and, you know, lose uh, our collective uh Wits and sanity. Um, I uh, I have Corthulu out is available. Wow, you guys are gonna have to edit the shit out of this, I guess. Um, Corthulu is now available on Drive Through RPG uh, as well as a number of other Core products. Uh, core is a pretty simple system. It's a D6 base. It has your typical six stats. Uh, so you'll roll a pool of D6s based on whatever your stat number is. So if you have a grace of three and you want to try to climb a fence, you'll roll three D6. And if you have a relevant skill that we can add, you'll also add that as a bonus. Um, Corthulu is set in 1920s, your typical era of Cthulhu-ness. Uh, although it could be scaled up, scaled 
back forward, we could play this in a modern setting. It's pretty, core itself is pretty modular. Um, your stats are tied to, or your, I'm sorry, your skills are tied to one or two different stats. So say you wanted to engage in fisticuffs with someone, uh, you could either roll your your might and try to punch somebody, or you could possibly roll grace and, you know, try to duck underneath and, you know, trip somebody up or, or do something like that. So there is, uh, depending on your narrative intent, uh, you may be able to use your skills in, in multiple multiple ways. Use I cannot wait to use charm and firearms together. <laughs> I'm going to shoot you and look fantastic. I don't know if charm has anything to do with intimidation, then you know what? <laughs> like I do very well with that. Okay. Or, and well, sir, you really make an, you really make a compelling argument for your political standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you've passed out characters to us. Uh, you've uh, we've all decided. Uh, Dan, I think uh, Dan, which character did you grab? I got the professor slash scientist. Okay, and Dave, who'd you grab? I'm playing the ex-con. I of course am playing the soldier, and since this is 1920, it was a toss-up between New York accent or just going country boy. And well, country boy won out. <laughs> and uh, Angela, who did you decide to play? I'm playing the explorer. Ooh, we're excited. This sounds fun. It sounds like a cool system. It's it's super easy. Everything's all on the same scale. Uh, there's one dice roll for everything, essentially, in combat. Everybody will uh, declare what their intent is. Not that there's going to be any combat or anything. But in theory, if you're going to roll combat, everybody, uh, declaration of intent, we'll all roll dice. We'll compare the uh, the the number base number on the dice, whatever your die roll is. And then mods will go one way or the other, depending on if you have uh, skills that you're adding or armor uh, cover, those sorts of things. Declaration of intent, kick a Shoggoth in the Nards. <laughs> Shoggoth not guards. Which set though? That's the thing. They're oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so it has to be like a Chun-Li kick, just like perpetually kicking at Nard. Uh, so anyways, welcome to the game. Uh, yeah, and so you've you've given us our characters, and you thank you for making these for us. It makes life a hundred percent easier on us. The only thing that you've left uh, open for us, because you said you would talk and share what these are. Uh, what are the? There's a stat, or I don't know if it's stat or a category called life shapers, and I'm guessing that's important. It it is. Um, so the life shaper. So there's a lot of player facing elements in. Core. Uh, core wants to mine psychic content. I see Dave's got a copy. Wants to, to mine the latest, a lot of psychic content and push that back. You know, Todd's a master at that. We'll see. I'm a fledgling. You know, we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, but Life Shapers is sort of kind of the core concept for what your character is. Uh, so you, it, you know, D&D 5e has something similar in like their beliefs and bonds and stuff like that. It, it functions in a similar way. Uh, it motivates your character, drives them to behave in certain ways. Um, everybody should start with one. I left them open because I wanted the, I wanted you all to personalize those life shapers. Now, there's a there's a slew of them, uh, you know, beliefs, what the uh, the PC believes in, concepts, what ideals the PC believes in, uh, duty, goal, uh, problems, relationships, uh, a thing if you have a, a treasured personal possession. Uh, those can all be touchstones for the GM to pull on, for the players to pull and push on and, and give that, you know, push that psychic content back to the GM. 
Great. Uh, so we just make something like I, uh, I just come after hearing what you said, I'm going to use one of my life shapers, I guess, for uh, an item. And can I have something called like my Papa's hat? Yeah, absolutely. Great. I'm, I'm playing a cowboy kind of like character because why not? And so my life shaper will be a Papa's hat. Nice. Um, life shaper. So you said it can also be a core belief. Correct. Um. How do I summarize? Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I, I think that probably does it. All right. Yeah. So uh, my my character is an ex-con uh, by virtue of he, he really does not like it when people tell him what he should do. All right. And as security officer, that's going to be great for us. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the boat! Don't tell me what to do. What are you talking about? There's a monster behind you. I just, I really don't like your tone. Oh, that's, that's, that's a hard, that is a loaded word, monster. Okay, you don't know what his intentions are. Uh, I think uh, for the explorer, hers is going to be a goal. And that is to uh, discover something and have it named after her. Ooh, I like that. Mm. Okay, like that. And then for the professor, <laughs> it'll be the equivalent of the Wilhelm scream, but it will be named after you. <laughs> <laughs> I left it open. I left it open. Also, I feel like so I've I've named her Victoria Wright. I feel like there's a lot of competition. Like she could claim a lot of things are named <laughs> after her with that combination. And people would have to do some fact checking to see when were those things named. And fact checking is really easy to do in 1920 and mm -hmm. apparently 2020. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say for the professor, um, kind of want to ask something like a, a goal. Um, you say a ghoul? It's a ghoul. I would like a ghoul. Go on. Um, no, I would like a goal for um, professor of necromancy. Um, I mean, yes, eventually. That's 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 that's, 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 right where, here. Tie that's some, where that tie that's some where magic that, into it, baby. That's where that path lays. But I actually want to start off with more of a skeptic bent. Like I want him to be there to kind of disprove any kind of just weirdness. Like he's a man of Wait, science. So is it? There's a rational explanation for there's this. There's a rational explanation for this. <laughs> there, okay, that's what I was looking for. Brexit. Yes. There's Brexit. Yep. There's a rational explanation for this. Great. Looks like we got our life uh, shapers. Do we need anything else, uh, John? Uh, you guys can have whatever gear you want. You are on a scientific research vessel. You are uh, security, so I'm sure you probably have some sort of service firearm. Uh, our ex-con, who knows what he may or may not have. Uh, whatever you think would be appropriate for the character uh, is, is fine. You, you know, you're, you're on a big ship. You've been out at sea for a while. You have the things that you would possibly need. Flashlights, all that sort of stuff. Food. Great, great. Uh, then without further ado, uh, let's party. All right. So I wrote up a little something here. As we begin our story, there's a wide establishing shot of a nearly full moon suspended in a cloudless black sky. The sweeping arc of the heavens is emblazoned with the cold fire of stars too numerous to count. The camera pans down to take in the black fathomless depths of the South Pacific, and we see a vessel knifing through the waves, lights twinkling, steam coming off the stack. The ship's steel skin providing safety, purpose, and what comfort can be found for those sheltered within. A week prior, there was an earthquake and a terrible storm. 
Operations were put on hold and the Polaris made its way towards the region of the earthquake, hoping for the potential of some new discovery. Tonight, however, is a time for revelry as we approach the turning of the year. As we approach the final minutes of 1924, there's a sense of optimism in the air. This may be the year that the crew makes the discovery of a lifetime. Possibly have something named after, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> George Gershwin's new song, Rhapsody in Blue, can be heard drifting from the galley. And in the cramped galley we see... Yay, everybody, this is Billy, and I'm playing Hank Briscoe. And Hank is a cowboy, or was, uh, though he's a particular uh, one. uh, He's not so much, uh, he loved loved everything about being a cowboy. He loved the prairies, he loved the guns, loved shooting. He hated horses. Oh, he hated horses, and honestly, they scared the shit out of him. Don't know why, it's always have. So, uh, with that in mind, in order to save face, he became a cowboy of the sea. Uh, and that's why he always prefers boats. And you can see that right now uh, as he just lazily sits on a uh, on the edge of a, a, a seat that is tipped slightly against the wall. And he is just lazily strumming along to his guitar as uh, people and uh, the crew dance around him to uh, some of that city music. He ain't into that, but that's all right. He's smiling, occasionally offering a tip of his lucky hat towards a filly or two. Uh, But right now he's just enjoying himself. Of course, uh, people are enjoying themselves around him, but they, you know, they understand that he's a security officer and the first and he's the first to break up any any fun that gets out of hand. I like that you don't like horses, and yet you still refer to women as fillies. You can take the country out, the boy out of the country. Uh, what can I say? Women are terrifying. They're just. <laughs> I'm also terrified a woman. And you thought we need to edit you out, John? Um, <laughs> so, quick question: 1924 prohibition? Yes. Uh, yes, but you are in international waters in the South Pacific. Uh, you had recently stopped at Canberra in Australia to, you know, refit, you know, new new supplies and all that sort of stuff. So you, there is champagne flowing. There is music playing on the Victrola. Uh, everybody's having a good time. There's, you know, finger foods as we're approaching midnight. All right. Fantastic. Hey, everybody. My name is Dave. And as the camera sweeps over the revelry of the people on the SS Polaris, it fixes on a dapper uh, middle-aged gentleman with lightly grain hair, a long curled mustache, well-shaven and uh, oval glasses and a driver's cap and an impeccable pressed shirt and tie. And he is sipping a martini at the bar and he looks over and my name is Julian Thatcher. Um, Thatch to my friends. No one calls me Thatch. Regardless, I'm a man of many different skills. Uh, You see, I come from a rather well-to-do family in London. And uh, my upbringing was one of the most uh, sterling. I went to some of the best schools, got some of the best grades, went to uni graduated, uh, graduated top of my class, uh, in fact, and was well on my way to attending my father's law firm when it was uh, revealed rather somewhat uh, maliciously by one of my social opponents that 
None of that was true. I never went to class. Why would I go to class? Except for when the Phillies were there, I suppose. And then (laughs) also, top of the class. What is top of the class? I'll tell you what. You know what they call the person who graduates bottom of the class in med school? Doctor. Why bother? Why try? Who's going to honestly ask? Anyways, criminal life, that's what I fell into. Mostly of the <laughs> ill sort. Um, opium, fantastic stuff, by the way. Really should try it. Don't remember doing so, but I'm told I had a great time. Uh, wound up in the clink a couple of times, crossed the flying squad a few bits, and uh, and Her Majesty's Law didn't take kindly to my issue of property. Rather, that is what is yours should be my property. And so I found the necessary to go across the pond to the United States to search for better ventures of a person of my stature, very becoming of me, to expand my horizons. And it turns out, much to my surprise, that the colonies have a Adopted many of the laws that still apply in Her Majesty's areas. I got arrested again, but for something completely different. And I want it to be very clear. A lot of people think that us ex-convicts are inherently dubious people. And that's not true. You see, I wasn't doing anything wrong. The government just stopped me. Totally different things. Anyways. Erickson, the harpoonist, hmm? he looks over to you and he... And he nods, you know, kind of bleary and he says, yeah, you know, and and that's why, you know, I on a boat because, you know, they told me that I couldn't do it. So I, I went and I, I did it. We showed him. Absolutely. 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 I just, you know, uh, they said whatever it is, it is. I can't believe this is the same language. Could I have a top up? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, also, sitting in the galley, uh, in a corner, uh, she is sitting underneath one of the uh, the the gas lamps. I think it might still be, or do we have electric light on the ship? I don't know. All right, we're gonna call it <laughs> gas lamps because that's uh, that's that's very uh, atmospheric. So we've got gas lamps, um, and uh, she is a uh, a young woman who has uh, kind of unkempt hair that's been hastily pulled back. She is wearing uh, a a shirt with a, a collar that had something yeah, a bow tied there that she has of course loosened. Uh, she is wearing trousers, wide legged trousers. Overall vibe we're going for for listeners' reference: Evie from the Mummy. You know, classic female adventurer. Gotta love it. Um, and it is Victoria Wright, who is, uh, let's see if I can uh, get her accent going. Uh, so uh, Victoria Wright is, uh, she she comes from the city, and uh, there, there weren't a lot of educational opportunities for a woman of her class and station. And so she decided that the uh, best way to make a name for herself as a, a young woman uh, with few means, but big ideas, big uh, and, and big heart, is to uh, go out and, and see the world and make a name for herself uh, and you know, force people to pay attention to her. And so she is here, even though it is a, a celebratory night, she figured it's uh, more economical to uh, review her notes in a place that is already lit up rather than uh, staying in her own, her own uh, quarters. 
and uh, towards the back of the galley is uh, there's there's been a bit of a setup. There's you know somebody somebody's dragged a small table, and there are several uh, instruments in the back. And there's there's a Bunsen burner that is on, and a flame uh, heating a a a a, a flask of, of liquid, which is then connected to uh, via some a series of stoppers and and tubes, both glass and plastic, that then go up and around, spin around. Some of the tubes are then. Uh, there are, you know, bags of, uh, of of ice kind of touching the tubes and tubes keep going around, come back out. And then at the other end, the tube goes down. There's a little stopper at the end and there is a set of uh, what's, what they're called uh, test tubes uh, there at the end. And and uh, standing in front of this is a, a slight man in his late 20s, early 30s. He's just starting to go bald, uh, although he tries to hide it. Uh, and he is uh, wearing a stained, um, because it's the closest one to clean that he has, uh, lab coat. And, and he is he is holding court towards a a, 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 a small group of, uh, of, of, frankly, drunken revelers, uh, explaining to them how, you see, when you apply heat, when you apply heat, it it, 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 it vaporizes, it, 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 it goes up into the tubes, and that is how it gets, you purify, the heat purifies, but then you can't do anything you can't do anything you can't just breathe it in i mean you could breathe it in and frankly frankly i okay i can't officially suggest it but but here's what we do here's what we do you see the vapor travels through these tubes and you apply as the temperature goes up and it goes up then you bring the temperature down and that turns the vapor back into the very purest of liquids and the very purest of alcohols which and then he holds a a a small uh, uh test tube under the, the far end of the contraption and, and several drops of a clear liquid come down. And that is what we call distillation, my friends. Distillation. Bottoms up. And everybody who's been watching also has a, a, a test tube of, of presumably just pure grain alcohol uh, in their hands. Ah! And, and, and they are all downed. Dan, yes. how much do I have to pay you to do the doctor for a on hallowed's voice oh no no, <laughs> no, no you know what listeners i tried it. i really really tried. you could but no 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 he'll yeah, he's he, you no, know, he is where he belongs out. he is he is where he belongs and frankly i think for the good of all of us he should remain there <laughs> does the professor have a name or does everyone just yes professor frederick williams uh but frederick most williams? almost everybody refers to him as just the professor it's kind of what I thought. All so right. when this boat crashes in an undisclosed tropical island, you'll be able to make a goddamn radio out of a coconut, but not fix the, the fucking boat. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Uh, I think I'm genuine. Distillation. <laughs> all right, so I have some questions for you all. Oh, dear. Um, I want to use character names so we can stay in character. Uh, goddamn. Hank, what are you running from? Well, other than the horses. <laughs> <laughs> other than Victoria. <laughs> I love that there's a horse out there looking for you actively, <laughs> like standing at the docks like, yeah, I just got let off on that boat. <laughs> it's the monster from It Follows, but it's a horse. Uh, honestly, Hank uh, is running from... Uh, he's not sure if they're onto his trail or not, but his father's ranch was taken by the bank. Um, and they brought, they sent a banker, one of them city men to come out to, uh, you know, prepare for the whole sad lot. And, uh, 
Hank let his emotions get the better of him and he shot him dead. And Hank, you know, told the cops when they came around that he just never the, the man never showed up and they looked around the property. But no one knew the land better than Hank. But uh, after that, Hank, uh, Hank left the state of Oklahoma and uh, came out, got on the ship. And that's what he's running from, either the cops or the guilt. The man was just trying to do his job as much of a prick as he was. Maybe didn't deserve to be buried in the mountains. The mountains of Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, so this is not in Capes area. Okay, got it. Got yeah, it. I just realized, I just realized, oh shit, uh, the hills of Oklahoma, okay? And it's not a man that he runs from, it's the horse that saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, the horse saw everything. You know, just like that, just like that iconic song, Oklahoma, where the wind comes sleeping down the mountain. <laughs> All right. Uh, Victoria. What did you do that you don't want anyone to know about? Ooh. Let's see. Victoria doesn't want anyone to know that... Gosh, I don't know. Um, She's a horse. <laughs> <laughs> She's in league with the horse. She's an agent of the horse. <laughs> All them Phillies look alike, right? Oh, wow. You said, oh my God, fanable.com. Angela said that. <laughs> no, uh, uh, Victoria doesn't want anyone to know that there is, uh, there's a Mr. Right. There is already a Mr. Right. And, uh, yes, I'm right here. Just come nope. over to the bar. Talk to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Mr. Williams, professor, if you will. Yes. Why are you here? Um, uh, Professor Williams, Professor Frederick Williams is here to, uh, really, he's looking for answers. He's looking for, uh, uh, well, the answer to what he's, he, that's the real question, isn't it? Yeah, that is funding. (laughs) Holy shit. Yes. <laughs> the one thing that professors desire above exactly. all else. <laughs> Funding. What do you desire most? The secrets of the universe? The truth behind reality itself? Funding. Uh, he is, uh, yeah, no, he is. Uh, so where this, this expedition, where exactly where was the expedition headed again? You are in the South Pacific on the research vessel SS Polaris. Uh, you are investigating exploring the outlying islands taking scientific measurements you know there's an ornithologist on board there's an, you know an oceanographer on board uh, you're, you're collecting various samples and stuff throughout the uh, the south pacific area okay so we're gonna say that he he is out there looking for he's looking for something new he's looking for a new discovery uh, that's that's is what it boils down to he knows that if he can find something uh, that is that is that is new that has been completely undiscovered in these you know these faraway savage lands um he 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 can bring that back and he can uh turn that into money uh because science it turns out is expensive turns out that you're gonna be in luck but we'll see what happens <laughs> <laughs> all right Julian You've been having some strange dreams over the last few days. What are those all about? 
Well, um, I mentioned the heavy opium use before, which is a factor. Um, however, look, the life of a criminal is not one entirely devoid of regret. Things go wrong. The wrong people get robbed. We are not, we are not made of stone just traipsing about committing crimes willy-nilly. We're people. If you prick us, do we not bleed? If you hold a gun to us, do we not say, are you a cop? Listen, there are things in my past that have gone wrong, partially on a job and partially for the reasons that I was doing the job. I failed someone who was in need. Mariam. Homeless, east side of London. Lovely woman, turned out by her family and not entirely well in the head. Didn't deserve to be on the street. I had uh, come across some valuable intel through some, uh, shall we say, um, various and sordid acquaintances that there was quite a profitable amount of money to be made by lifting, um, acquiring, <clears throat> is the legal term, uh, Tibetan masks. Unfortunately, the uh, information was bad. The money that I was meant to get for acquiring the Tibetan masks and then fencing them never came because I was caught. And I told Miriam that I would have money for her to find shelter. And I meant it. That time, I actually meant to give my money somewhere else. As I was dragged off to the prison, it was one of the coldest nights in London for quite some time. There's nothing colder than memory. And... What are dreams, if not the distillation of memory? I'll have another one, please. Love it. Now, look, you guys make me laugh. You guys make me overly verklempt when I listen to you. Don't do it while I'm running a game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the party is going on. Um the, the music is playing. The champagne is flowing. Uh, I'm going to pull up a list of names here. And I'm going to scroll down. So Captain Philip Collins. Collins. Phil Collins. Captain Philip Collins <laughs> comes in. Sorry. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> That's what you've got us for. Yeah. Um, so he comes in to, you know, to check there's people coming and going, you know, you can only fit about half of the crew at any given time. And some people are working. There's, you know, people at the bridge, you know, the captain's making the round. So he, you know, he's, he sticks his head in and he says, uh, so, uh, how's it going in here? Guys look like you're having a good time. We're having uh, a decent amount of time, Hank says as he sits up from his chair. Not too much, but uh, I ain't saying that the fire's gone out too, uh, to make this a cold New York uh, New Year's Eve. How are we doing on the helm? 
well, everything seems like it's going pretty well. Uh, I'm going to head up there in a couple of minutes. I got to, got to spell, uh, oh, damn, I should have, I should have left the lesson up. Uh, my f- uh, second in command. Uh, I got to go up there and, uh, sp- I'm going to give Frank a, a breather. I'll let him come down and get a couple of drinks. Uh, but we got to make sure we keep, uh, you know, keep some semblance of order while we're on the ship. Don't let anybody get too far out of hand then. Hey, Captain, before you go, uh, it's uh, bad luck to uh, bring in the new year without a toast from the man leading the charge. How about you just give us one good toast for uh, before you uh, head off into that good night? Sure, I can do that. Just give me one second. I think I went from British to Southern. <laughs> uh, I actually have. He's a the toast captain. He can be whatever he wants. <laughs> Maritime law. He could kick us all off into the goddamn brine. Which I think he should do. Oh, no. Ah, here we go. So he uh, he steps forward. He, you know, grabs a glass of champagne. Which is uh, also in a test tube. Uh, we ran out of <laughs> champagne glasses a while ago. <laughs> he looks at it, kind of shrugs, you know, shakes his head, holds up his glass, and he says, let me, let me see if I get my Reggie voice. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna mute. Oh, I need a second. Do it. <coughs> we we've all done it. We've all Here's done it. to the finest fleet in Starfleet. <laughs> well shucks as the captain. I just cannot believe <laughs> Damn it. Uh we're not helping. Here's here, so he holds up his hand and he says, Here's to other meetings and merry greetings then, and here's to those we've drunk with, but never will again. And he holds it for a second and he Cheers. Yeah, ain't, ain't too bad, son. He takes a swig from his test tube. Victoria Hello. looks up like after everyone else is drunk. Oh, yeah. And she like quickly knocks back a, a <laughs> bit of whatever she was drinking. And like just makes the face like Ugh. the professor. All right. Ever pushes people aside. Wait, Captain, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hank says as he slaps the captain on the shoulders. Everybody get back to the party. Uh. But uh, remember, y'all got duties, most likely after the bell tolls. So don't be having too much fun. Don't worry, Captain. I'll keep an eye on everything here. You just tell uh, uh, the, your first mate to come down here when he's ready. Will do. He, you know, he pats you on the back and, you know, makes his makes his way uh, out down the uh, short, you know, thin hallways up, you know, up decks up to the thing. Um, let's see. We're all sailors here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the photographer, John, uh, you know, he's sort of like, you know, leaning like up against the wall and he's got a, he's just holding this glass of champagne. And he says, uh, you, you know, he looks over, he looks like he's probably a little drunk. And he says, uh, you know, uh, I feel so small out here when I look at all the stars. It, Feels like we're just all cosmic dust. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. How much you been drinking, buddy? I've... I, you know, looks at his glasses. A couple, probably. You know, and uh, Hank raises his voice just a hint. My father used to tell me something about stars. About, uh... Them being up there, and he knows, you know, all you educated folks, Victoria, Frederick, you could tell me that they're just balls of gas. 
But my dad always told me that they are just grains of sand. Slowly dropping. Slowly falling. Slowly disintegrating. In a cosmic... Oh, what's them? What's them called? Sand counting things? Uh, hourglasses. And uh, eventually... There's not going to be any more time for us and no time for them stars. So you might as well enjoy them. Wow. Wow. Like his jaw kind of drops and he spills his champagne a little bit. And he like, you know, sits up and puts it on the table and he says, uh, that's, uh, your, your, your dad must've been a pretty smart man. That's, uh, that's beautiful. Stupider than cow patty. Stupider than cow patty, my papa, but he could spin a good tail. Almost as good as Thatch over there. Thatch, you keeping good over there? Yeah, I'm doing good. <laughs> Absolutely. Have I told you about the time I went to Burundi? <laughs> <laughs> Erickson goes, that's not a real place. <laughs> uh, so, John, he gets up and he, he you know, kind of staggers to the door and he looks over his shoulder and he says, I'm... I might go get some. I might get some air. Look up at those, at those stars. All right, all right. you just be careful, buddy. You, you hear him kind of like staggering. It sounds like he trips on the steps as he's going up. <laughs> um, want everybody to make me an awareness roll, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna roll awareness with psyche. Uh, Because it's more of, you're not actively searching for something. It's more of you, you know, sort of, can you feel something? If you have awareness, you can add it. It doesn't matter where it is. Uh, I think maybe one of the uh, PC character sheets had it on brains. But uh, so you'll roll the number of D6 that you have. And add awareness if you have it. If not, you can still make the roll. So and what's the difficulty? Oh, uh, good, good call. Uh, the difficulty will be four. So you want to beat a four. Um, so in this game, we've got uh, stats that are one through six. And the number we've got next to Psyche is how many dice we roll? Correct. OK, I just want to make sure. All right. Cool. And then if we're adding awareness, is that adding an extra die for awareness or? Uh, no, it's actually adding. A, so if you have a plus one in awareness, you'll add plus one to your total die. Roll. Ah, oh, OK. Got I got it. that wrong. OK. Yep, yep. Cool. So I got six. Okay. We'll have everybody throw me out a number. We'll see where we're at. Uh, I got uh, a two and a seven. So I got one. One worked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Oh, yeah. So I should explain. Uh, So when you roll your dice pool, you're going to just take the highest result and then add if you have anything to add to that. So you roll a six. You got plus one. That's seven. Okay, great. Yep. Not going to roll. I got a six. That's my highest six. All right. I got a five. Somehow, a five. somehow some semblance of awareness punches through the multiple martinis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So everyone succeeded. Uh, the, two, the, two, the two sixes and the seven are both yes ands. Yeah. So in this system, when you get a when you roll dice and you get a result, it's not a simple yes or no. Uh, we also have ends and buts uh, similar to Edge of the Empire, where you get more of a role playing prompt. Uh, when you get your result. Uh, Dave, you have a five, so you have just a yes. So, yes, you hear this noise. Um, kind of sounds like a whale song, maybe. Just, a, you know, in the background, sort of that faint... Uh, the other three, uh, they hear that. 
Um, and if, if you want to give me an end and then I have something I want to throw on top of it. Uh, I'm, um, I'm new at this, so I'm going to let you just throw something on top of it. So I hear something and... Yes. So end. You hear... It sounds like... It starts off soft. It sort of sounds like a whale song. But as it continues, it becomes somewhat discordant, like a ululation. Use some Lovecraftian words. And it sounds and it makes you feel weird, right? Like you've been on the ocean for a while. You've heard whale songs before. This sounds different. Like it's been crossed with a horse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, since I rolled so well, uh, Hank hears the whale noise and just kind of nods his head. You know, seeing a whale, that was cool the first two months here. But now he's not he's not really one to run to the window anymore. You know, whales, dolphins, sea turtles, they're just part of life here. But there's something about it that changes a little bit that just kind of sends a shiver down his spine. And he decides to set his guitar to the side, stand up and he's uh, he's going to move outside. He's going to see if he can uh, spot that whale. No reason why he wants to see this whale out of all of the others that have come along. But there's something about it that seems weird. All right. So you get up, uh, presumably move uh, towards the uh, towards the hallway and out Um, as you stand up to exit. uh, We're right on approaching the midnight. Someone has changed over the, uh, you know, the record. All the anxiety is playing in the background. Uh, You know, the captain gets on the, uh, the I guess it's like a loud hailer or whatever the intercom system is for the ship. And he, you know, again, uh, comes on to lead, not so much lead everybody to toast, but, you know, just acknowledge that, hey, it's the end of the year. Um, I'm going his character, right? Uh, so he, you know, you hear the click as you enter into the hallway and he says, um, Just want to say that uh, I'm glad that everyone is here. We've made it through yet another, uh, another month at sea. I know it's rough for everybody. Uh, you know, being away for the holidays. This is our our third holiday now, just past Christmas, coming into the new year. And I just like to say, oh, fuck, what is that, huh? <laughs> and you hear, like, it, like, record scratch, you know, like, screams. You hear a smash. Um, it, you, you hear, you know, scrambling, like, like, oh, like you're out in the hallway. Um, you know, every you know everybody sort of he, everybody hears him scream. Um, I love the idea that when a record scratches, it's just the fo- uh, the four of us Brady Bunch style, like on the screen, like all of our voices in unison. Yep, that's me. You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hank shoots a, a glance towards the the speaker box, wherever that is. And then he's going to take off running. He's heading towards danger because that's what he gets paid money for. So he's uh, running towards wherever the captain's deck is. I guess it's called the bridge. Sure. Let's go Star Trek. And uh, he is dropping his hand down to his revolver, which he keeps on him because as a cowboy, it's just kind of second nature to keep your peace on you. Mm -hmm. All right. And what is everyone else doing? Are they staying? Are they going? Are they no? Well, I mean, I guess you're not ignoring the captain screaming. <laughs> it doesn't mean Keep you want it. to run towards danger. 
I, I can see Thatch being so drunk or high. Him saying that was lovely. That was just lovely. <laughs> Absolutely. He is, he is staying exactly where he is. Let's assess. Got my drink. I'm not in danger. The captain is. So if I don't go to where the captain is, I'm not a fool. I'm staying here and getting drunk. I think that's a great, uh, that's a great philosophy in life. <laughs> that's basically been how I've been infandible the entire time. <laughs> that's how I survived uh, the pandemic. <laughs> if I don't get, da- if I stay drunk in a place where I can drink, I avoid danger. <laughs> it's not so hard. And people, Dave, why don't you come out? I can't really drunk. <laughs> uh, Victoria will, will run into to danger to see what's going on. Um, and the professor for, 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 for himself, he's, uh, actually been uh just outside since that whale song happened uh because he's never heard a whale quite like that and and that might be new maybe this one's purple he doesn't know uh but he's he's headed out the uh the door as well Uh, he might have heard the captain's uh uh, you know uh, cries for help over the intercom uh but he was kind of on the the closest part where he could like be looking outside. Not everybody else ran out that ran to the look at the window, but the professor most, most definitely was. Um, as you guys run down the hallway, you hear various screams, you know, stuff falling over, uh, you know, thing, things are happening uh, as you make it to the steps to go up to the next level. Um, you will see from the top of the steps, a shadow that starts to move down, and then you see in in front of that a body tumble down the steps towards you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hank skids to a halt. This becoming a little bit more real than it was just a few minutes ago. And as soon as the body falls to his feet, Hank's going to like reach down and feel for a pulse. Uh, I mean, if the guy's head's removed, then he won't. I mean, that's pretty much clear that he's dead. But he he's intact. Um, as, as he falls down the steps, you see it looks familiar. Roll him over. It's John, the, the photographer that had just exited a few moments ago. Um, as you turn him over and he, you know, kind of falls back, you see his neck has just been ripped open. And he looks at you pleadingly and, you know, tries to speak and blood just wells out of his mouth, out of his out of his throat and then his head just kind of lolls to the side. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hank, Hank definitely pulls out those piss, that, that revolver now. Uh, at first it was just kind of a gentleman's hand on top of the pistol, but now it is very much like, Oh, okay. I have to do my job. So I want the three of you to give me psyche checks. So you're going to roll your psyche die. Stay at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) so we're gonna make it a you have to beat a a dl of four and you're just gonna roll your psyche die we don't have anything to add to this nice got a five as well one a three and a four so i just made it so four all right so what that means is uh let's see exceed by one you're holding it together this is horrific but you know you're the security guy Probably not the first time you've seen someone covered him, but maybe, well, I mean, you killed a guy, right? So like, really, (laughs) this is all Not the first time I've seen it, but I didn't cause it. So honestly, this is a banger of a day. (laughs) You look up, you're like, we got to get rid of this body. 
Quickly, let's throw in the mountains of the ocean. (laughs) As you look up, you see the snout of a horse from around the corner. (laughs) My God, I don't know how they found me, but Marty, but they found me. (laughs) Victoria's been in a tight spot. Before she's an explorer, she's been in some dangerous situations. She's relatively nonplussed. Uh, Frederick, on the other hand, you hit the number exactly, but you you are stunned. You're working hard to to hold it together, but you're thinking in the back of your mind, shit, I should have stayed and had another drink, maybe. I mean, that is a fair, fair response. Yeah. So you are you are uh uh just stunned for a frame. So as we are now gonna drop into action frames, as there's things happening, you see a figure at the top of the steps. Uh, we're, and it's kind of like comic book frame. So there's things that are happening, but we're we're looking at like the major action that you would see like in a comic book frame. So Dan, you'll be stunned for the next turn, essentially for the next round. Um, Hank and Victoria, what would you like to do? You see a outline of a figure at the top of the steps. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Corthulhu here at Fanable, where our heroes learned that the Venn diagram of a booze cruise and a research vessel is a circle. If you liked this, then head on over to Fanable.com. We've done a lot of games, and I'm sure there's something there you'll like. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Discord. If you find a few dollars burning a hole in your pocket, then go to Patreon forward slash Fanable and become a member. You get early releases and access to special Discord chats, and we get to keep the lights on. Finally, please give us a rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It's super helpful to us, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.